mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? All right, good, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Hel uh, Harvest Chapel. My mouth is still not working today. My name is Joe. I'm going to be bringing you the message um, that God, uh, it's, it's a message of God. It's not a message of Joe because we're, at Harvest Chapel, we teach from the Bible. So we don't teach from uh, a pastor's brain or a, or a commentary. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, this is going to be about the gospel, the good news. And there's a lot of places to start. And as I woke up this morning at God knows what time, I, I was preaching to myself. And I preached to myself for an hour. And I said, wow, I'm going to go back to sleep and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to forget everything I just preached to myself. So then I had to wake up. And I got up. I said, well, I'm risking this because if I get up, then she's going to wake up. But I risked it anyways for you. I want you to know that. So I, I made some notes. There's, there's a lot of ways to start, but there is only one ending. And, and it is the gospel. And a lot of people think the gospel is uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they, 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 run, they have, live their lives thinking that's the gospel. When this is the gospel. It's all of it. You need all of it. You don't, you don't just eat half a hamburger, okay? You don't skip the fries. You eat them. You eat them. You put ketchup on it. You put meat in the buns. This is it. So whoever was teaching you, it was not, it was not a full helping. You got a little portion, a little teeny portion because we're teaching to future saints. Those who are gone are sleeping. The saints that knew Jesus are sleeping. The saints that knew Jesus are resting. The ain'ts are dead. The ain'ts are in torment. I don't want torment. The only way not to have torment is the gospel. Do you just exist as a Christian? Or do you thrive as a Christian? Or do you just say you're a Christian and don't talk about Jesus? I'm excited about Jesus. You know, every day when I post the daily Bible readings, hashtag read your Bible, it's, uh, I, know, I, I didn't know that before I came. Uh, but now I'm doing it, and I looked at that. As I started to type it out, I saw it pop up on the screen, and it said, hashtag read your Bible. It said 120K. 
And then I looked at the ones underneath it. Hashtag read your Bible daily. 5K. What is this? The laziness is even in the hashtags. Because we need to be reading the Bible every day. Because we're everyday Christians. Every day you're a Christian, you read the Bible. This is, this, is, this is our food. This is our breakfast. This is even our dinner. This is what we have to have. So keep it to yourself. This, is, this, this message is about self-reflection. It's not about... It's not about my conviction or someone else convicting you. It's about your reflection. When we learn about the gospel, it's about reflecting and teaching so we can spread the gospel. So don't raise your hands, but who reads their Bible daily? Self-reflection, okay? This is not to glorify anyone. It's a self-reflection. What are you busy? If you're not reading the Bible every day, what are you busy doing? What does the devil have you busy doing? In Galatians 5.16, it says, We walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. you got to walk in the Spirit. We're so, we're so busy walking in the flesh all day long that we get flesh all over us and, and we're stuck. We, we're so, so covered in flesh, we can't, we have the, we're controlled by the lust of the flesh. The blood isn't on the cross. You see people wearing crosses with Christ on it. The blood isn't there. The blood isn't there. It's written for us from the beginning to the end. The blood that saves, the blood that paid. Got my notes here. When I see you, I see faces. I see people. I love you all. And I know Jesus loves you even more. I'm, I'm up here for you. I don't like being up here. I'd rather be with you, sitting down there. Just listening to message, being fed instead of feeding. You know? I guess it's kind of like the animals throwing out the feet. I'd rather be the animal eating than the one throwing. But we're to regard each other. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, it says, therefore, from now on, from now on, okay? That's now on. You know it. There's no excuses. We are to regard no one, no one according to the flesh. But Jesus was flesh, Joe. I know. We continue, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yes, that's right. The Bible says that. Yes, we knew Christ in the flesh. Yet, we, yet now we know him thus no longer in the flesh. We, love, we, we know him in the spirit. We love him in the spirit. We, he loves us in the spirit. God is a spirit. We're all spirits with a body. This tent is getting old, breaking down. Falling apart, that's the way it's made to do. It was, it was meant to last longer, but due to our sin, it, it, it's broken. It's broke down. It continues, verse 17, therefore, what is the therefore? If, if, he gives us an if. It's always scary when he says if. That means there's, there's a choice. If anyone is in Christ, 
anyone. If. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things. Is all things new? Is all things new for you? When you accepted Jesus Christ and became justified just as if you never sinned, did all things become new, waken up from the, the grave? I hope so. The gospel is about making new creations in Christ. The world wants to make Frankensteins created by man, AI. Interesting, AI is in the Bible. God wiped it out. It's dangerous. Man's creations are dangerous. God's creation, which we are, God's creation is perfect. A lot of the times we go, when we think about the gospel, we, we pull out one thing in our mind. We think of John. John what? 3.16. That's what we think. Oh, what's the gospel? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's, that's the gospel, but that's not the whole thing. It doesn't end, begin or end there. This whole thing is exciting. That's why we read the whole thing. We just don't stop with this. You know, you know that, that was the most popular verse. I heard this. I, you know, don't quote me on it, but that was the most popular verse, even of non-Christians. Now I hear the most popular verse is do not judge. That's what we've turned into. People that aren't allowed to define good and evil, right and wrong, male, female. Man, better keep your boots on and ready to go because Jesus is coming. I don't know how much longer he's going to put up with this. We rely on this scripture because it's easy, because it's, it's lazy, it's sloppy, because we don't have to... If we know this one scripture, we can be saved instead of reading this to get fed so we can feed others. We're going to go into some scriptures throughout uh, the text. We're going to read the entire Bible today. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Why do we like that verse? It's a verse of hope. Because we have hope. I, I didn't have hope before the Lord. I had hope in Joe. Believe me, it didn't turn out so well. We all need hope. Everyone needs hope, and they keep looking to the world for their hope. They keep looking for the word for the world for their meds, for their happiness instead of holiness. The need for God is replaced by the need for AI and treasures on earth. Romans 2.14, if you want to turn there, that's a short, it'll be short. You can turn to Romans 2.14, so that way you can look at it with your eyes. Yeah, Joe, what if, what if there's a blind person and he can't read the Bible? Well, hey, let's get together and read it to him. He can listen to it, 
There's, it's online. It's, there's books on tape, but read the Bible. There's always, an, there's always an excuse. I talked to a guy last week. Well, you know, what about the other books of the Bible? I said, well, isn't 66 books good enough for you? It's got the, it's got the entire gospel, and it's got everything required to be saved. But no, you're worried about the books. Oh, what was, when was Jesus? What about his childhood? I've heard things about his childhood. I, I think he probably got in trouble. That's why they didn't write it down. I said, Ben, you got the wrong Jesus. My, my Jesus is perfect, sinless. Because if Jesus isn't sinless, then I can't be saved. Beware of people preaching a Jesus that, that is sinful, that makes mistakes, that lies, that is confused. Our Jesus is not. If you're getting your Jesus from the chosen, you got a counterfeit. You need to tear your TV out and throw it through the window. It's amazing how it's rampant through the church. People, re, people believing that, that our Jesus, we want to show Jesus as a person. We want to show him in all his 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 heirs in his earthly sinful ways wrong jesus i'm sorry romans 214 i get dis i distracted myself i'm easily distracted you should have seen me as a kid i had to have a leash on seriously a harness i probably i remember seeing that harness it was like it was leather and it was like broken one time i must have broke free must have broke free my mom and dad must have been chasing me pretty hard Romans 2.14, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, by do, by natural things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, for which show the work of the law written in their hearts. You know, we've got we've to have a hard operation, so, so our hearts have to be changed. Their conscience is also bearing witness, and their thoughts the mean while accusing or else ex accusing one another. Verse 16, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. You know, we're not going to be judged by Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad. You know what? We're not even going to see them because they ain't going to be with us. They're going to be with their father, the confusing one. But how do, how do we find out what's written in our hearts? To find out what's written in our hearts, we need to examine. We need to investigate. Now, how do we investigate? It's not just looking in the New Testament. People say, oh, I, the, the New Testament is the only book we need. Just read the red letters. Oh, the red letters are great. I, I like reading the red letters, but the red letters refer to the black letters. So I think Jesus knew the black letters and he knew the Old Testament when he was under attack by the devil on the mountain on the very last day of his fasting and starving himself. That's when the devil attacked. And you know what? The devil is going to attack you when you stop reading this. He's going to confuse you. He's going to confuse you. Why do we need the gospel? We don't change the gospel. The gospel changes us, and that's what we need. I'm stealing. I'm stealing. <laughs> I'm stealing. I love it. We need, we need to go back to the garden to begin, to the beginning of us. 
to see our rebellion against God, which really doesn't change much from them. It's the same sin nature that we have. God had warned Adam not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. That's Genesis 2.17. You will surely die, and the devil... Oh, will you, will you really die? Yes. The penalty for sin is death. All sin leads to death. That's what the Word says. That's bad news for the unrepentant sinner. That's bad news for the habitual sinners that just don't want to give up. Even if it's that one sin we keep hidden in the closet, the one sin that we keep hidden on our phone or in a drawer, that one sin that the devil is going to use to capture you and make you a POW. And for the young people, that's prisoner of war. Okay, Prisoner of war. Somebody someday is going to be wearing a bracelet has your name on it. Prisoner of war. Remember when they had those bracelets for the prisoners of war? For like Vietnam, they had, my mom had a bracelet. Had a, was it? Yeah, they had, they had a wristband with, with a prisoner's name on it. I don't want to see your name on a wristband. The prophet Isaiah wrote, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. That's your God. Same as my God. Your God. Think of him as personal God. He's a personal God. He's yours. And your sins have been hidden. His, he, your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Hear what? Hear your prayers. He's blocked you off. He's blocked you off. We don't want to be separated from God. We don't want to be separated from Him spiritually. It's a spiritual relationship with God. I don't get to hug Him. I don't get to hug Jesus. I act like I hug His leg, you know, like I did with my mommy in like third grade waiting for the school bus. I didn't want to get on that with my mommy. Why don't we hug Jesus' leg like that? Hug Jesus' leg. If we're spiritually dead in the flesh, we need to get back on track to God before our, we have our physical death. A lot of people think, oh, I can wait on that. There's a, I'm going to wait for my deathbed confession. Mm, I understand those are very rare deathbed confessions. Why would you want to save? Why would you want to waste time? When, before I was married to my wife, okay, we're driving along, and this is a, a one week of dating, and... And she says, you want to get married? Yeah, she's, 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 she's right up there up front, I'll tell you. And you know what? I thought to myself, it immediately popped in my head. I said, I do not want to spend one more day not being married to you. That's what I said. I tell my kids, that's your wife. That's your husband. The one you don't want to spend one more day without being married to them. And we got married a week later. So I had to wait seven days. I guess would that be six? I don't know. That's how we need to be with Jesus. Why would we want to not spend one day, why would we want to spend one day separated from God? Jump into a sin spend, and leave God 
and then run back later? No, why jump into the sin? Why jump into the sin? If you're separated now or you feel a distance from God, you want to catch up. Grab his leg. If you're separated now, it could mean on judgment day you'll be separated. If you have unfinished business with the Lord, your God, your God, get it finished. We got to ask, am I separated from the, my God? What is separating from me from my God? If I'm separated from my God, what is it that's separating me? What is the mountain that I put? God didn't put a mountain. He moved the mountain. What does the Bible say about spanning the separation between us and God? Well, we need to look at the whole testimony. This is the whole testimony. Not two testimonies, not two testaments. It's one testimony. Man made it two. He put some chapters. He put some numbers. Hey, that's okay. It makes me easier. It makes it easier to find an address. I like if I'm going somewhere, I like to have an address, you know. And in the Bible, but but we need to understand that the gospel isn't limited to four or five verses, and the gospel and 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 it's not limited by the red letters, and it's not limited by the New Testament or the Old Testament. The Jews are limited to the Old Testament. First five books, right? I think so. Five books. I've heard it. In, Greg is very repetitious, so I, I kind of catch on sometimes. The, uh, the, if we look at the whole testimony, we see God using people. God uses people. He uses the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit uses us to get things done. They could do it themselves, but... They give us the opportunity to be ministers as they minister to us. He uses people that could be just like you and me today. If, this is a Joe if, not a God if, we let God use us. Every day, let God use you. Be open. Prior to the Messiah, God used Moses to deliver God's plan to the people. Moses was a great mediator between God and the Israelites. Superior even to the high priests. He was above the high priests. God gave him the instructions to, to get the high priests decorated and all their instructions. As God revealed these laws to Moses, not directly to the priests or even the high priests, in Leviticus 16.2, we hear God giving instructions. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, that he die not. That's a warning. Do it my way, or die. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. I wonder how many priests went in when they weren't supposed to. Later in Israel's history, the prophets continued to communicate instructions from God, our God, not only to the priests, but also to kings. Even the high priests were not allowed to enter into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies, symbolized by the cloud over the mercy seat at just any time. If he did, he would die. God was and is 
holy and demanded, de- demanding and just as uh, much re- reverence when he was dwelling among his people. It didn't change. God reveled, revealed through Moses there must be a sacrifice. So then they began their sacrifices, the sacrifices and offerings, which we don't have to do today. We'll get into that later. Uh, these, these sacrifices, these animal sacrifices, the bulls, the, the doves, these, these were not sufficient to, to cleanse once and for all. They couldn't cleanse the defilements of the people. Much sinfulness and uncleanness still needed to be removing. Without the covering of the blood, we would still be unclean and unable to enter the kingdom of God. God made them do this annually. We don't have to do it annually. It's already been done. The blood has already been done by Christ on the cross. Death, burial, resurrection. That's good news. The God of the Old Testament is the same as the New Testament. The difference was the Savior's sacrifice wasn't done yet. We can see the gospel in the Old Testament. One Testament can't do without the other Testament because they're one testimony as we talked about. The movie has a beginning, middle, and an end. But this is uh, an eternal issue, not a movie. It's heaven or hell. In John 20, 29, John talks about seeing or believing. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Do you believe? It was counted to Abraham as righteousness because he believed God. Do we just believe in God or do we believe God? That's the question we have to reference. A lot of people say, yeah, Jesus, he was a good person. No, either he's God or he's a nutcase. He's insane or a liar. If if he's a good person and you don't believe in him, what kind of craziness is that? The scriptures testify that there is life after this life. Yeah, many religions, they stretch it out, you know, that you can you're gonna come back as a Cleopatra. I don't know how many women have come back as, you know, they're, they're the resurrection of Cleopatra. You know, ever, all the women say that. Oh, the resurrection of Cleopatra. Wow, you're the third one this week. <laughs> Some find eternal life with God and others experience suffering, shame, and external contempt. Many believe that the things, and these are all, uh, the, the Jewish people, they believe that the, the, and testify that there is a life after this life, but they believe that there are things that we do on this earth that, can, that determine what our future is going to be. So we must offset these with our evil, our, offset our evil by doing good works. That's what they believe. How's a man able to, capable of, of achieving his own right relationship with God by himself? God realized this problem, and that's why he had to come down and do it himself. If God is God, then my bet is that 
it's going to be God's way, not my way. That if it was so, if I could be so good that Jesus could be up in heaven, sitting on his throne, never leaving it, and clapping for Joe. Good job, Joe. You know what? If I slip my wrist right now, I've done this in the past, but I'm not going to do it for you on this stage, that my blood would not save any of you, including myself, because I'm not a sinless lamb. I'm a sinning lamb. I'm a sinning sheep. Probably sinned three times just coming here. <laughs> In Isaiah 64, 6, he says, all of, us, all of us has become like one who is unclean, and all our, our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Have you been swept away by your sin? If you don't deal with it, it's going to sweep you away. It's just a little whisk room right now. Pretty soon it's like whoosh, sweeping you away. These aren't my words. These are God's words. But still many would argue with God nonetheless. So we have a sin nature and not any good deeds that we can do uh, can cure that. In John 5.30, John confirms that we can't work on ourselves. The Holy Spirit must be allowed to do the work for us through faith. And you know, when I got out of my car this morning, this, this scripture like this got crumpled up and I'm going, you know what, I'm going to use this. So I'm going to use it. I make When I want to learn a scripture, this is what I do. I'm sorry, it's crumpled, but that's how I treat my scriptures. They get crumpled up. So what is faith? Now, faith is Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Let's, let's go over what faith is. So this is an extra bonus, bonus for those who want to know about faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, which is kind of what we read about, about our faith with Jesus and, and Thomas. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word. The word, 66 books, 40 pens. Of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. This is a spiritual book. I tell People ask me, how do you read the Bible? I say, read it spiritually. This is alive and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, good for reproof and correction. It will pierce your bone and marrow. It will educate you in righteousness, the things of God. This is what we need, the things of God. Not the things on TV, not news. News. Remember, I remember when Fox News started, it had a thing across the bottom all day long. Breaking news, breaking news. You know what? They never turned that thing off. It was like 24-7, 365 days a year. There was breaking news. I think they were probably the first people to ever do that, to actually get into our brains and suck them out. Well, I don't want my brain sucked out by the news. I want my brains sucked out by God and replaced with his word. Because that's what we need to do.
I didn't read the scripture yet. John 5.30. I got so carried away. I get so carried away. Sorry. John 5.30. I can, I can of my own self do nothing. How much is nothing? It's zero, zip, zippity-doo-dah. Oh, that's probably not socially correct anymore. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. 31. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Jesus never bore witness of himself. He spoke of the Father. All the credit. Somebody came to him and says, Call me. Why do you call me good? No one is good but God. We need to keep focus on that. This is the message that God has for us to read. There's a lot of people bearing witness of themselves. There's a lot of self-help. There's motivational speakers making millions so we can, so we can bear witness of ourselves and live our best life now. You can be all that you can be. I had all those Tony Robbins CDs. You know what? I was so bad. I would buy these CDs and I'd never listen to them. I bought so much stuff because I heard this would make me better, would, would fix me. It wasn't going to fix me. Once I found Jesus, I found those CDs. We were cleaning things out. This bonus. This bonus is not written down here. Bonus. So I find these CDs and I put them in the car. I know who has a CD playing here, but this is a while ago. Put the CDs in and I'm listening to Tony Robbins. I got the wife and the kids in the car and I'm listening to them and I'm like going, oh my God, turn this off. This is demonic. This is demonic. I can't, I'm changed. God can change you. He changed me. He can certainly change you. The people that I couldn't stand, the people that I, I loathed, even some people I hated. I can't hate them anymore. Isn't that amazing? I had this uncle that I couldn't stand. Side note. Uncle I couldn't stand. Horrible, vile man. I couldn't stand him. One day I had a dream. I had a dream. I saw his house perfectly clear on a corner. Redlands, California. I saw it. It was on fire. It had burned down. And I, I rushed over there and I asked the fireman. I said, well, are there any survivors? And they pointed to a pile of dust in the garage. There he is. And you know what? I wept. I wept for his soul. God can do that for you. When he can take your, your enemy, the most vile people in your life, and he can change you so you weep for their souls because he was a body with a, or soul with a body. He could have been saved. He could have turned his life around. God can do it. In John 15, 4 through 5, he talks about being a branch of God. We, want, we need to be a branch of God. And abiding, making a house. Birds make nests, folks. Where's your nest? Where's your nest? Is it with God? Or is it on some plot 
some building, maybe your work. John 15, 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. He's telling us the truth. When are we going to take it for the words that it says? It says, you can do nothing. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. I used to think I was the tree. And everything I created was like dangling like leaves. No. Who abides in, he who abides in me and I in them, him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can build a nice house. You can build a nice bank account. You can do a nice, have some nice skills. But is it going to survive the, the, the test of fire? Think of the, the fire like the, the if they landed on the moon, they came back, they came back through space and they came through that atmosphere where they were burning up. Everything burns up. That's how I kind of picture it, burning up, re-entry. Except we're going we're gonna to do an exit through the atmosphere, spiritually. And things, we're going to be cleansed. That's probably the final cleansing process. When everything that we built for ourselves, everything that we did on this earth is going to be burned off. Philippians 4.13 gives us hope for the hopeless. Because he just said, he just said, you can do nothing without me. Well, it says I can do all things. Well, let's not forget the rest. Through Christ who strengthens me. You can do all things. That, that, that's the things that God wants you to do. Otherwise, the things that you do is going to end up to be a mess. And Galatians 6.3 gives us a warning. For if anyone thinks himself to, if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he's deceived himself. How, how many people were deceived? You don't have to raise your hands. How many people were deceived? I'm going to raise my hands. How many people are still deceived? Because the devil didn't deceive you. It says who did. It says right here. He deceives himself. It didn't say the devil deceives. So no more blaming it on the devil. And if you've been deceived, John 1.3 reminds us who God is. We've got to remember who God is. That's why we read. It says, John 1, 3, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Nothing. He made everything. He made everything. God, our Lord does not leave us in hopelessness. A hopelessness condition condemned to eternal separation from me. He didn't leave us like that. He made a way for us, the way, the truth, and the life. You are a whomsoever. I am a whomsoever. Praise the Lord. From the beginning, God desired a personal relationship. Adam and Eve hung out with God, walked around in the garden with him. 
But still, they gave in to their lust of their own flesh. It looked pleasing. Oh, there's a tree right there. I should have moved it over. It's my prop. It looked pleasing to me. Oh, maybe that other one. Not that stringy one. You want a personal relationship. He made a covenant with Moses and the rest of the Hebrew people. He established a means of restoring the severed relationship because of sin. That a means of sacrificial system and anointment and covering would be made for the sins of the people. In Leviticus 16, we're just going to read entire 16, 17, 8. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. Leviticus 16 covers in great depth and detail to the extent to which the Lord sought to make atonement for the Hebrew people of their sins. The high priest is permitted once a year to enter the Holy of Holies and to sprinkle blood of a sacrificed animal on the mercy seat. The mercy seat. He does it twice and once for himself and once for the people of Israel. This demonstrates a substitutional atonement. Well, Jesus is the final substitutional atonement, and we don't, we don't have to do these things anymore. The Hebrew word for atonement literally means cover over. But it didn't last. We, we do have the, the final covering, the blood of Jesus. And our relationship with God has been restored. Before Christ, they had, to keep, they had to keep shedding blood over and over and over and over, year after year, hundreds of years, until the promise came. Then most of them didn't even recognize the promise. In Leviticus 7, sorry, 17, 10 through 11, it tells us without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. So God was telling us from the beginning. Verse 11, For the life of the, f- life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your sins. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. Actually, the soul is the word. That be incorrect. It's the blood. Well, it's not my blood. It's not your blood. Jesus did it. He laid down the blood. The spilling of blood is not an option for the Jew or the Gentile any longer. They, they can't, they can't, their, their, their temple's gone. They don't do sacrifices anymore. I thought that was kind of interesting. Jesus comes and then, like, what, 70 years later, all of a sudden they're not, they're not doing anything anymore. But they still deny Jesus. We don't need to have those. It was already finished. Tetalistai. You must now just accept the sacrifice of the Messiah. Like I said, the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed 70, uh, in the year 70 uh, of this era. Since the destruction of the temple, Israel had, and its altar inside had no animal sacrifices, no shedding of blood, no Yom Kippur sacrifices. 
What a God events that is. Jesus comes and then all of a sudden this, they don't do that anymore. According to the scripture, the scripture's command, no atonement can be made for their sins. They made a new meaning, just like we make new meanings. We have the prosperity gospel. They have the Yom Kippur, a central to their holy days as a time of prayer, giving to charity and repentance. Works, work, work, work. Not sure how they're going to make it to heaven without Jesus. guess it's not my, my problem. Long ago, God said, I will forgive their inequity and their sins. I will remember no more. That was Jeremiah 31, 34. It's another of God's magnificent promises. I will forgive their iniquity and their sins. I will remember no more. No more sacrifices on the horizon. There will never be another sacrifice, at least a godly sacrifice. We sacrifice lots of things now, children, babies. It's horrible. In uh, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, it explains what God's plan was and still is. As Christ is our cornerstone. Verse 19, Now therefore you are no longer strangers... Yay. And foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Who is your cornerstone? I know we're worried that when we build a building, we're worried about making it nice and strong, but what about your soul? What's holding you up? What's holding the real you up, the eternal you? Verse 21, in whom the building being lifted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 22, in whom you also are being built together, the ecclesia, for a dwelling place of, the, of God in the Spirit. What's he telling us? He wants to dwell in us. He wants to dwell in you, the ecclesia. The new covenant would be written on men's minds and hearts. I know I have that scripture here. Well, let's look at John 17, 3. John 17, 3. And this is the life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God. Which God are you following? Which Jesus are you following if it's not the true God? Because there's lots of false ones. Jesus said it. There'll be lots of fakes. Continuing in Jesus, whom thou hast sent. Are you sent? Are you being led? Led by the Holy Spirit? Or are you dragging your feet? Oh, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be doing that. I don't know how many people I talk to. Yeah, maybe you can help me with my problem. You read the Bible. Oh, well... Not as much as I should. Okay, well, you already, that, okay. You already know what you're supposed to be doing, but you don't do it. You go to church? Yeah, well, you know, when I'm not working or playing golf. I know I should go more. There's something in your heart that God's put that tells you there's something not right. You need to tune into that. And, and focus on getting in alignment, getting on the plumb line with God. 
so you can make it to God. If I'm, if I'm off course sailing somewhere, and I'm off just a little bit, wow, it takes a long time to get back on course. If I'm heading to an island and I'm going this way instead of this way, and I go way out here, i got to go way back here. I just did double time. We've got to stay on the plumb line. In Isaiah 53, no, we're not going to read the entire chapter. I'm going to spare you, okay? I know a lot of you have your lunch tables out, so you'll be able to have lunch, and we've got sleeping bags outside. <laughs> Just kidding. Isaiah chapter. I like to joke. This is ser- it is serious, and I do joke, sorry. Isaiah 53, evidence of 700 years prior to Christ's appearing. Isaiah 53 describes the many aspects of Jesus the Messiah. His appearance was plain. Yeah, he's just an appearance. You know, the kings we pick, we want a handsome, we want a handsome king like King Saul, like King Biden. Oh, I'm sorry. Or King Trump, no. We, we make our kings, we want them to be handsome. They're the suave, debonair people. But you know, the Messiah, he was plain. We know that he could just, they wanted to stone him, and then he just like disappeared, just walked through the crowd, disappeared. I mean, his betrayer had to kiss him on the cheek so they knew who he was. I find that amazing. We should be more like him. We don't need no bling bling. We need to be in, we need to be out with the message. He was rejected. Oh yeah, those mean Pharisees and Jewish people, they just rejected Israel, rejected him. No, he's rejected by us. We're the ones screaming, Barabbas, Barabbas, give us Barabbas, the son of the other father. We're the ones standing there. We're the ones shouting. We like to think it's somebody else. I was shouting, my friend who's been staying with us for a year, he's, he's uh, buying a house. Praise the Lord for him. He, he could tell stories if I would drive by a church and I would scream out the window at it. I would scream out the window at the church because I was mad at the church. I didn't know God. I didn't even have a Bible. If someone gave it to me, I'd probably, you know, put it in the closet. I hope your Bible's not in the closet. If it is, get it out. I like how they got people, I talk to people, they got, they got their Bibles next to their bed, but they got all their magazines on top of it. I'm like, come on, Bible on the top, folks. Bible on the top. All right, the Messiah was beaten and killed for us. It's prophecy. He, and he didn't protest. I protest all the time. The Messiah died innocently. I ain't innocent. He came to life again. And because he did, we get to rise again with him. That is the evidence he is the Messiah. We've got a whole book of evidence. This is all evidence. You notice that every, everything in here matches. Everything, everything matches the other things. It's perfect. The numbers are perfect. The colors are perfect. The, the, the minerals are perfect. Everything is perfect. What else would you expect from a perfect God? Perfection. If we don't see perfection in here, if we, do not, if we miss something, it's not God's fault. Amen. 
Because he is perfect. He is a God of order. Look at my desk at home. It's, a, it's the desk of disorder. My wife's like, please let me clean up this desk. No, I won't know where anything is. I am the Joe of disorder. God is the God of order. So if you think he got something wrong, you probably better re-examine it. Oh, okay, back to this. He came, okay. His, wound, he, his wounds heal people. My wounds heal nobody. Cut my wrist, didn't heal anybody. Didn't he? He, did. he had done no violence. I want to bring that out. He did no violence, folks. I don't care what people tell you. Andy Stanley, not mentioning names. <laughs> he did no violence. It's 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 all over the place. The 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 familiar spirits whispering in people's ears. He had no deceit in his mouth. He had no deceit in his mouth. What's in your mouth? What's in my mouth? Again, this is a time to self-reflect. We read the Bible. It's not to find the sin of our wife or our parents or our kids. That's not what we do. Oh, I'm having marriage problems. I think I'll look it back up. You don't have a marriage problem. You married a sinner. You have a lack of Jesus problem. You need vitamin J. Jesus, go to the health food store. Try to find it. No, it's not there. It's here. In the perfect word, I need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I think I covered that before. Sometimes I like scriptures so much that I write them twice. So I'm going to read it anyways. Since it was put on my heart. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, and the blood by reason, the life that makes atonement. You know, he's talking in Leviticus, but boy, it sure sounds familiar. Jesus was on the altar. Jesus was on the cross. Why? Certainly not because he liked it. To make atonement for our souls, for your soul, for my soul, for our children's soul, for everyone that came before us and everyone that will come in the future. That's a lot of giving right there. That's a lot of giving. That'd be a lot of Christmas presents. These words speak very clearly to the life and death and rejection of the Messiah who would make the final atonement for our sins. On what basis were people then given, uh, forgiven before the cross? Well, Galatians 3, 6 and through 14, it says it's by faith, not by the law. Long before the Old Testament was given by Moses, Abraham was justified and made right with God, having his sins forgiven. Because Abraham believed God. Moses didn't improve on God's plan of faith by giving the law. For to be justified by the law without faith, you would need to have kept the law perfectly without one single fault. Yeah, I never even tried. <laughs> Some people tried, my wife probably tried to keep all the laws. She probably wrote them all down and kept them 
check marks every day. Did I keep that law? All 10 of them. Check, check, check. I did a good job. That's mission impossible. I've seen the movie and they make things possible. God made things possible. God is our mission impossible. We had a mission impossible. Abraham believed God and the Hebrews believed Abraham. Or actually, they kind of worshipped Abraham in a way. Abraham is the middleman for them. Sounds like worship. Abraham was kind of the middleman, and they, they mooched off of his faith instead of having their own faith. Maybe that's why they couldn't see the Messiah coming. So do we worship men in their faith? Do we have a rock star pastor? Pastor Greg Rockstar. He's an awesome pastor. I don't know where I'd be without him. He's a great teacher. We, we buy their books. We listen to their teachings. We listen on YouTube, tubing up. Are we doing the same thing, making these people our middleman? As Greg says earlier, well, sometimes we could be a stumbling block just preaching all the time and not giving them time to just learn from the Bible themselves. Without faith, they would be cursed by the law. And without our faith, aren't we cursed as well? What about you before Jesus? The devil made us think it was going good. We were doing a good job. We weren't doing a good job. Before Jesus, you know, I thought my wife and I had a great marriage. I thought we had a great marriage. I thought, wow, compared with all these other people, we're doing great. Well, you know what? The wheels always fall off. The wheels always fall out without Jesus. And then after Jesus, it was a new marriage, a new wife, I hope a new husband, because of Christ, Christ-centered. That's what our lives need to be, Christ-centered. That was a bonus. Maybe there'll be some more bonuses. Any transgression of the law would be sin. Do you live by the law? Do you live on other people's prayers, or do you understand God hears your prayers? You do understand that, don't you? He actually hears your prayers. I know where two or more are gathered. He is in our midst. You think if you were in like solitary confinement in prison, and you were praying to God, he'd go, you know what? You need another guy. Maybe you can get a guard. No. He, God wants us to fellowship. I mean, Jesus always sent the disciples out in twos, because there has to be a witness Who's the witness for the guy in solitary confinement? Yes, it's Jesus. It's a good witness to have. Do you live by the hand of the government system? I hope my check comes in the mail today. I hope they make a new program to give up my student loan debt. You know, everything they do for us is to make us slaves, to put us in their system. To, to scan our retinas. Pretty soon it's the mark. They aren't our friend. They aren't our, we do have a friend, and that's Jesus. Are we, are we put at the hands of other demonic systems out there? We've got an education system that's demonic. I notice 
We're driving around. I can't believe how many schools you guys are building. All these new schools. What? Everyone moved to Indiana and then put a kid in school. I got to thank you, Indianans, for having so many kids. God bless you. Because, you know, California, they hardly have any kids there. And what, the ones they have are crazy. <laughs> but I'm going, wow, new schools, new kids. I thought people stopped having kids. I mean, our kids are adults. They didn't, my daughter's not married, so I'm glad she doesn't have any kids. But our son doesn't have any kids. Our daughter, I think she's afraid it's going to stretch out her figure or something like that. It, it's all selfish. It's all say, God said, be fruitful and multiply. There's a lot of demonic systems, even the ones we don't even recognize. Turn on the TV. You'll see them. But they're in the background, too. They're in the things we don't even see. We need forgiveness beyond what the law can give us, and we have it with Jesus. The law lacked the meaning, lacked the means for forgiveness. The law can't pay the debt nor forgive one sin. Paying the fine doesn't take away the crime. I made that one up. Doing the time doesn't erase the crime. But, but God is going to make us clean. Only Jesus can pay the fine, erase the crime, which is our sin against our Creator. Saved by God's servant Jesus, not by self. Hebrews 10, 1 through 18. Hebrews 10, 1 through 18. God's guarantee. For the law having a, been, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never be, can, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the corners thereunto perfect. For when they, when they, would, not, when they would not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once, once purged would then have no more conscious of sins. That's, that's kind of the case. You look at, look at other religions, not naming them, Catholic, uh, but they go into a box and they tell a man their sins and the man says, and I've never done this, I've seen the boxes though, and the man says, okay, uh, do six Hail Marys and you're forgiven. Wow. They, they just do the six Hail Marys, they're done, and they go on sinning again. It has, to be a con it has to be built into our consciousness. That's when we have a spiritual relationship with our Savior Jesus Christ. It is built into our consciousness so that way it doesn't keep happening. So we're not habitual sinners. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into this world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou would, would, wouldest need not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In, a burnt, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast, made, hast no pleasure. He has no, he has no pleasure in sacrifices. So if you're thinking I'm making one, just don't. Verse 7, Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of this book, it is, written, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. 
above when he said, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for your sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure in them which are offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by which will be sacrificed through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once and for all, there is no other way, there is no other Messiah coming. Verse 11, And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering, oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Are we offering the same sacrifices? Are we doing the same things, trying to... We're doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And in this case, expecting our sins to be, yep, I'm sorry I did that. Sorry I did that. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing From uh, From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. It's going to happen. It's written. For by, by one offering, one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Are you sanctified? Are you in the sanctification? I hope you are, because that's set aside. Once I preached on sanctification, and, and some people were very upset, because they said they didn't need to be sanctified, because they were saved, once saved, always saved. They needed no sanctification. Nothing else was needed. They didn't need to go through the process of getting closer to Jesus. And the wife wept. Jesus wept. But not for himself. He wept for us. He wept for the people of Israel that did, did not recognize him. Is he weeping for you? Is he weeping for me? I certainly hope not. He will weep for us, for our sins. This is the covenant that I will make for them all after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds. I will write them. There it is. There, The verse I was looking for. Some people say, well, Joe, you know, there's people out there that never, uh, never knew Jesus. And what, what is God doing to do with those? I'm like, it's, it says in the Bible, it says, I will put my law in their hearts and in their minds I will write them. I said, is that, why don't you worry about yourself? You can't even get yourself to open up your Bible. You can't even get yourself to church. Your, your life is a shambles. Your home is a shambles. Your marriage is a shambles. Your kids are a shambles. And you're worried about some little aborigine child somewhere in the world or some, some person living in a, in a hole when you can't even get yourself. You can't lead unless you are, if you are not being led. A leader must be led. There's a hierarchy. Let's stick with a hierarchy. And their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Praise the Lord. He will not remember them. Now, where, where remission of this these is, there is no more offering for sin. The sacrifices made under the law could not take, a, take away the sins. The law was not a covering. We needed a covering. Christ is our covering. Our sins will be remembered no more. The gospel didn't change. We need to be changed by the gospel. And this change has got to be in our hearts. You have to die to self, not just provide an animal or, 
or a work, you need a heart transplant. Being born again is required. In John 3, 1 through 17, this is important. This is an important scripture here. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou dost, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and, and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is of the flesh, and the Spirit which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. Are you born of the Spirit? Again, this is judgment. This is self-reflection. We're, we're, you know, we really should look at, at the New Testament as our last testament. This is God's last testament. In Hebrews 9, it talks about this. Hebrews 9, 16. For where a testament is, there must also be the necessity, be the death of the testator. 17. The testator is the force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is no strength at all while the testator, testator liveth. Are you in the will of God? Your heart changed? How do I change? First, you ask for a change of heart. And Psalms 51.10 tells us, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. That would be a good start. Second Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. And First Samuel, Then it happened, when he turned his back to leave Samuel, God changed his heart. And all those signs came about on that day. God, God can change your heart like this. But you've got to be willing to go into the operating room. You've got to lay down on the table. You've got to trust. Jeremiah 24, 7 says, I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me and with their whole heart. How much of your heart, how much does, of your heart does he want? Teeny bit? A little extra, a little ventricle? No, he wants it all. Give it all. Remember that wedding day with your wife or your husband? You gave it all. You said, I will. You got to do that for God each day. Ezekiel, moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. A new spirit, the Holy Spirit. And that is what blends us together, all of us in the body with the Holy Spirit. And I will remove the heart of stone in your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. How's your heart? Stone?
Sorry. I'm deleting. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the gospel. The good news cover to cover. The path to forgiveness is found here. First, you have to understand you're a sinner. Then you need to understand where to go, who to go to. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and not one of us is good, not one. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Invite Jesus in your heart. If you already know Jesus, keep inviting him into your heart. Keep Keep chasing him. Keep holding him. For so whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call means invite, summon, order to meet. Call, collect. Call Jesus, collect. He'll, he'll pay. It's already paid. Call him. Do you accept a collect call from Joe, Jesus? Yes, I will. God, I've been trying to get in touch with you. And then once you get in touch, you need to accept your inheritance. You need to proclaim, appoint Christ as your Lord. Draw into a union where you're stuck together. Believe and obey the gospel. The result of the gospel... If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us for all unrighteousness. Luke 11 says something, 28. But he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed. What does that mean? One death, not two. Eternity in heaven. A best friend like you never had before. Jesus. To hear God's word, you have to hashtag read God's word daily. If you want to learn God, learn about God, you have to read about God. You want to keep God's word, you got to read God's word. You will be blessed. That's not just Joe talking. That's God talking. Lord, thank you. One day we will meet you, maybe one day soon. We thank you for your word that you poured out, that the... the, the deaths and everything that have, all these people gave their lives to bring us these testimonies your testimonies to save us there's no other king or god little g or a government official that's gonna die for us innocently we thank you we thank you for our fellowship lord and i thank you for these people people with souls.
You love their souls, Lord. You made provision for our souls that we could rest with you forever in heaven. You loved us so much. You went up and made a place for us. You made room for us. You built onto the kingdom for us. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Desire.